physically, we heal mentally and physically. In other words, they call it withdrawal. You put down the fork. Putting down the fork is like putting down the drink for an alcoholic. And those guys, the guys who wrote this, often had to be hospitalized. I had to be hospitalized. If you're a low-bottom compulsive overeater, as I was, you're going to put down the fork and every goddamn thing you ate over is going to come up. That's the emotional side of the disease. You, but you may be able to work through that. You know, with the support group therapeutic approach, going to a zillion meetings, taking a zillion commitments, you know, speaking, being a superstar VIP. Stars will fall, they used to say. But you don't get the spiritual connection, and this shit is what creeps up here. They, they call it the bedevilments because that's a word used in the book. I, call, I used to call it, in AA, I used to call it the generic drunk-a-lock because you separate the details. You know, one guy's a tough guy, another guy's a, a high-bottom drunk, another guy's a movie star, another guy's this and that. Underneath it all is this. It's untreated addiction. If I let this shit run in my life, a half-gallon of haagen starts looking real good to me. This is the spiritual malady. This is the third part of the disease. Half the people in this in 12-step programs, they're going to Dr. Good News, and I'm not saying he's a bad doctor, and I'm not saying he's just ego, he's not an MD. They're saying, you know, doctor, let's say he's a you know board-certified psychiatrist, you know, maybe... I'm having trouble with my personal relationships. I can't control my emotional nature. I'm a, I'm a prey to misery and depression. I can't make a living. I have this job I hate it. I'm always at odds with people at work. I have a feeling of uselessness. I'm full of fear. I'm unhappy. I can't seem to be a real help to any people. What do you think he's going to tell you? What do you think he's going to tell you? He's going to say, take this. It'll raise your serotonin levels. You'll feel better in a couple weeks. Meanwhile, we're going to come back and talk about it for a couple of years at $150 an hour. I work the steps, and I ain't on Prozac, and I don't want to eat, and most of the time I'm so happy I could shit, you know? I don't know what to tell you. If you want the step promises in the book, do what I do. If you want the promises of Joe Blow, you know, I, I learned this the hard way. That thing I read about, you have to be sure you, the guy knows what he's doing, who you're going to be your sponsor, because I had a first sponsor, and AA almost killed me. He gave me his opinions. What I learned, and this is not something I read in books. This is something I experienced up close and personal, survival experience. I work Frank the Atheist program. I get Frank the Atheist promises. I work Carol the Dry Drunk's program. I get Carol the Dry Drunk's promises. If I want what's on page 83 and 84, I had to do what's on page 1 through 82. You do what the hell you want. If those promises don't attract you, don't do it. It's that simple. They attract me. I've comprehended the word serenity and known peace. Well, I like Mr. Serenity. I like to know Mr. Peace a little better. So I'm just through doing it. 33 into this. I'm just coming out of the, the amends. I'm still in the amends. i got a few left. I'm still doing this thing. Nine tools, 12 steps, the original program. Okay? You had a question. Yeah, if you are abstinent on a food plan that you can live with, with the support of your food sponsor, going to your meetings, making your outreach calls, the tools, I am a firm believer in our OA tools. They only got one tool in AA, kind of don't drink and go to meetings, you know. Well, they use phone calls too, you know. But we really spell it out for you. 
in, in OA. You know, you got writing, you got your service, you got your literature, you got your outreach calls, right? You got your food plan. You got your... If you're in that state of grace, man, you're in a state of grace. The question is, how do you keep it for 33 years? You know, without going back to the crazy insanity of running 20 miles a day and eating carob colored granola bars until, until I'm on my knees. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll ask you a question kind of adding on to that. So you here in OA, there's all these different abstinences. Yes, that's true. That's why our program's tougher. And yeah. so what then is, what really, see to me, I'll just, to me, abstinence means I'm not eating compulsively. Well, that's what sobriety is. That's and not what so recovery how is. Do, so yeah. if, if, um, uh, well, I, I mean, I'm anticipating your question, but go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah. Oh, here, I'll get a, an example is that I can have a meal. Personally, I can have a meal that is a beautiful meal. Right. Healthy, abstinent in terms of food choices, so to speak. Um, and I can wolf it down. Because I'm eating it compulsively. All right, that's a good point. That is a good point. Now, do I have no abstinence? I would work. It's it's a judgment call with your food sponsor. If you if you know, I've heard people say part of my abstinence is I must be sitting when I'm eating, because they were grazers. You know, part of my abstinence is I must leave something on the plate, some symbolic act that this meal was completed without compulsion or obsession. This is why our program is tougher. But I was, maybe I did misinterpret your question, but I was anticipating your, there's a difference between, you know, by the way, uh, is abstinence an OA term? I hate to bring me the bad news, you guys. I mean, uh, for those of you who think Roseanne invented this thing. Do you think that your sponsor has to say all about your abstinence? Don't you think that should come from God and you? I disagree with you. On that. uh, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I have a, a, um, an explanation. I'm not even going to try and debate it. I mean, you, you're no, certainly I'm entitled to your... Um, but do you think that your sponsor has the end all say? No, I didn't say that. My sponsor. Sounded like it. No, I didn't say that at all. I said uh, just the opposite. My first sponsor, Edie, did a, They had a, the food plan was the higher power, and she's trying to stuff a square peg in a round hole. It wasn't right for me. It wasn't appropriate. Probably wasn't healthy, really. A food. It's why our program is so tough on the physical level, because a food plan is something that I have to work out with the help of a food sponsor. They're a tool. They're not an authority. They're not a higher power. I don't know where you read that into, but I don't. You, you just said go, you have to go to your food. I said it's well. You have to go. You have. I suggest. Okay, you don't have to do anything, including stay in this room. You don't have to do anything in twelve steps. That's what's the most amazing thing about it. I suggest that you work out a reasonable food plan with your food sponsor. And why the food sponsor's there for the same reason the sponsor's there. It's a sanity check. We got. If you listen to the tape tomorrow, which I hope to play, the one of the first things Ebby says to Bill is, "You got to stop this living alone. You got to join a fellowship." Jung, in his letter to Bill Wilson, much later said, "I didn't want to stress it at the time of Roland Hazard, but 
you got to join a spiritual community to fight the evil in the world. You can't do this on your own. This program was never meant to be done in isolation. I have a food sponsor as a reality check, because otherwise I might try and put ice cream on my food plan. And my food sponsor's job is to remind me, Roy, didn't you just tell me that ice cream was a binge food for you, that it was an alcoholic food, that you have a physical reaction to it? Um, oh, my goodness. This phenomenon, it's all in here, sweetheart, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people. I know guys that can eat ice cream and ah, maybe I'll have a little bit more, ah, maybe I won't. It's not an issue to them. There's no allergic reaction. But there's an, there's an allergy that differentiates people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. Do you know what the first step in the book says? Not the steps on the wall. Those are a summary. You know, we're powerless over food in our lives. The first step in the book is on page 30. It says we had to concede to ourselves, to our innermost self, that we were compulsive overeaters. The delusion that we were like normal people has to be smashed. This is the first step in recovery. You are different than somebody that can eat ice cream if you're a sugar reactor. I guess there are people who can have sugar on their food plan. I don't mess with my alcoholic food. It says it has never been by any treatment by which you are familiar, fat farms, diet shots, crazy diets, permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. Abstinence is a big book term that OA adopted. Okay? It's in Roseanne's history of the book. Last time I gave the big book workshop at the uh, L.A. birthday party, I made sure I reread the OA history, Roseanne's book, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, which I don't know if they have it for sale there, but it's good. It's excellent. And uh, that was a term that we thought suited us. Sobriety, abstinence, okay, do not mean recovery, though. I can be stark, raving, abstinent. That's why half the program is whacked, especially in AA. You know, they don't want to do this. They don't want it to be a, a spiritual program. They want it to be a support group. They want it to be unsupervised group therapy and garbage dumping. Oh, I see my buddy share. <laughs> and they get whacked, man. Have I ever had page 52 in my life in recovery? Yes. But thank God, thank you, God, I've always gotten back into the steps. To me, it's an indicator to do the step process again. That's what it is. Just like if my food's getting sloppy, that's an indicator. I need to check in with my food sponsor. I weigh in once a month because that's what they told us to do back in 1978. They told us to weigh in once a month. Jumping on and off the scale, they said to me, was compulsive behavior. So I weigh in once a month. This number on the scale is a reality check. And if it starts creeping up, which it had recently, I had a foot surgery, you know, bunion neck, and I couldn't exercise for over a month. So I gained like three pounds. I mean, I'm in a maintenance, very uh, sensitive maintenance range and have been for years, you know, and I'm not the young guy that used to run six miles a day. I mean, even after the compulsive stuff, I was, I would, I actually I backed off to maybe three, four miles. For years, I was over, over I've been a runner for years. And um, I can't do that. I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm very sensitive to changes in exercise level of food. 
The weigh-in once a month is a reality check. I still email my food into my food sponsor. The food sponsor is another member of the program. They're not a higher power, okay? The food plan's not the higher power. It's a tool. The, oh, the A food plan is no drinking. It's easy. It's clear cut. You don't have to, you know, our food plan is we got to work it out. And sometimes it's trial and error. You, there were foods that I couldn't eat back then. And I can eat them now. I'll give you an example, rice. When I'm out in a Chinese restaurant or Indian restaurant, I can, I'll have the rice that comes with a meal. I don't keep rice in my house. I don't make it at home. But that once was a real binge food for me, man. Yes? If you had rice on your binge list, um, how can you remove it from your list and still be obstinate? If I had rice on, on my binge list, how can I remove it from my list or add it back to my list? Reduce that into your food. Uh... Well, I felt okay. For some reason, I intuitively knew, like, all right, I'm in a Chinese restaurant. It came with this much rice. I'm going to see how my reaction is. If I start craving more rice, this has got to go. They had sugar-free yogurts once, frozen yogurts. I said, well, sugar-free. Maybe I'll. I tried it. You know what I said to myself? This shit tastes too good. It's like near beer. Mm -hmm. You know what near beer is? You know who near beer is for? Near beer is for near alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen yogurt is not for a guy that used to binge on ice cream. Yeah. You see? I'll take a food back and mess with it. That's what makes our program tougher because we've got to do this trial and error thing with the food. But see, once again, the questions are turning to the physical level. I understand because that's our disease. That's why we got to be here. That's why I can't stay abstinent in AA meetings. They don't understand my sick relationship with food. And, and they, they don't know what I'm talking about, reintroducing rice. You go ahead. So was rice on your bottom line? Rice was a food that at one point early on, I just started like all of a sudden, I was, instead of eating my usual Chinese, I, I, like, I, I don't like to cook. Uh, I, I'm a microwave, you know, open the can of progressive vegetable soup type of guy. So when I'm eating out, Asian food's real convenient, meat, vegetables. But, you know, so I would eat, like, I'd say, give me chop, pork chop suey, no cornstarch. It was mostly just, you know, quick cooked vegetables and some meat. But then, and I wouldn't eat the rice that came with it. Then I said, well, I'm, let me try this pork fried rice. So I had the pork fried rice, you know, it's very salty, you know, and I, man, it was good. Next thing you know, I was eating pork fried rice for breakfast, Chinese breakfast food, it's eating it three times a day. Next thing you know, with all the salt, I gained eight pounds in a week. week. Now, I probably wasn't all fat. It's probably a lot of water away from the salt. But I soon, I said, this shit, ah, rice, no. I, at that point, I couldn't deal with it. Later, I'm calm, I'm abstinent, I'm down to go away. The compulsion's removed. I got a little serenity in my life. A Chinese restaurant comes with some white rice that comes with I said, all right, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. It was okay. It's trial and error, you know. You should know that some people have the, the red light foods, you know, and then the orange light. There are certain foods that are red light, like sugar, candy. I haven't had that. The only food that I missed that was a binge food is pizza. I haven't had a piece of pizza in over 33 years. 
and I and it's probably not that bad, but I just not I'm not going to take it back. I, why would I take it back? I got serenity. Why would I mess with something that would mess with my serenity? But let me just say, I never fully got to mention to this gal. Abstinence, sobriety, is not the same as recovery. Abstinence means I'm not eating my binge foods. Recovery means I got those promises in my life. I've contemplated the word serenity. I've known peace. Fear of economic insecurity has left me. Fear of people has left me. I can look you in the eye. There's a difference between abstinence and recovery. The same way in the AA, there's a difference between sobriety and recovery. There's a lot of sober people in AA who are so close to killing themselves if it wasn't for Prozac or Xanax or something. They would, they would have either picked up a drink or blown their brains out. Sometimes they do pick up a drink. Sometimes they do blow their brains out. Okay? Because. Why? Because this book is about the G word. And they see that G word, boy, and it just freaks them the F out. Even the S word, spirituality. It says... To die an alcoholic, that to die a compulsive overeater's death or live life on a spiritual basis is not an easy decision for us to make. It's not easy for us. You tell a pancreatic cancer patient, well, you can die within a year or two. Or you don't want to talk to these people. What do you talk about, doctor? Well, we got a bunch of nuts here. They, they go to these meetings. They talk about God. They make amends and they help each other. They've all survived pancreatic cancer for 20, 30 years. But you know what? It's unscientific. You don't want to go to them. So how long do you think before you had your hand around that guy's throat saying, give me the goddamn number of that group? You know, if you get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, you're a dead man walking. I don't, I, the longest I've ever heard anybody survive was 10 years. A guy in AA survived 10 years. Most are dead between one and three years. But if you heard it was a bunch of nuts who survived because they, they've chosen a spiritual way of life. What do you think you'd do? Food beat us in a state of reasonableness. None of us get open to the G word because we want to be, or at least I didn't. You know, I had to be beaten in a state of reasonableness by food. To This is a spiritual program. It's about finding God. Don't call it God. Call it your higher power. Call it what you want. Start with the group. That's fine. But I mean... Um, there's a difference between abstinence and recovery, yes. So can, to continue with that, so when you have a new sponsee who's never been in program before, yeah. then how do you start them out? Getting them with a food plan. Get, I, like in AA, we detox them. In OA, we detox them. The guy's sugared up to here. He's got his alcoholic foods. He's got his bin foods in his life. I got a friend in AA who's sober longer than me. He's gained weight since I know I know him in Paris, you know, not the first time, the second time. I lived in Paris four years. I went back there years later and lived there. He's a great guy from Australia. He will not give up ice cream. He, his big thing about OA is they won't tell me what abstinence is. Well, you got to work it out with your food plant uh, sponsor. Well, I, the house says this and the OA says this, you know. The bottom line is... Cut to the chase and cut through the bullshit. He just doesn't want to give up ice cream. That's his thing. And he's diabetic. And he's, he, he doesn't want to give up ice cream. He, and he won't go. He's been to OA. I introduced him to Roseanne once in Serenity Sunday in L.A. He knows all about it. He's just not ready. My brother's not ready. He's just not ready. You know, he's not willing to give it up. What the, I, I just want to tell you what I really appreciate is, is you using the word detox. Because we all think of what AA, we've heard 
alcohol acceptable to withdrawal, drug addicts go to withdrawal. And I've never, in all the years I've been in OA, heard anyone use that term detox. And that makes more sense than anything in establishing a food plan. You're going to go through to withdrawal. You get a food plan. It's a tool. It's not a higher power. You get your alcoholic foods off your binge foods, or trigger foods, they used to call them too. Your red light foods, whatever you want to call them. With my, sugar with me, ice cream, pizza. I don't eat bread. I eat uh, low-carb tortillas. I get them. They're you know, 70 calories. I mean, I usually, I'll eat a piece of bread in a restaurant. Like, that's a typical food that used to be your absolute binge food. For me. But, I'll eat a, but I don't keep bread in my house. Okay, I'll eat it when it comes in a restaurant. But I'm a little wary of it. You had a question. This somebody back here. This lady was it? Oh yeah. And then you. There's people that. What about the person who, like, they come in and they can't do another diet? I mean, that's why they're here, right? And so they like, you know, clearly they're there. They're suffering. They don't can't get abstinence. So what do you do? Do you work? All right. This is scary. There are. There used to be a few real detoxes for OAs. Raider Institute used to have one. I don't know if they or any of them are in business anymore. Sometimes they need. I mean, uh, any of you hear Harlan's story by any chance? Yeah. The guy that went up over 700 pounds? He's a buddy of mine in Arizona. My brother lives in Scottsdale, and I, I, I go out at least once a year and I see Harlan. We're in communication with him. He had to be hospitalized. He was dying. He's got a great story. Low bottom, you know, life-threatening. He took yeah, it. another CD over here. There you go. Get it. I mean, he gave the book study the year before me. He's really, and this is, you know, he doesn't, and a lot of people out there really can't stand him because he's always quoting the book and banging on the book. And, and he's not an alcoholic either, and he's still banging. Because he went to the gates of insanity and death. He was in a hospital dying of cellulitis. I, w I spoke once at the Raider Institute. One of the inmates had, his legs looked like that. He had elephantiasis, I swear to God. And it was just from obesity, you know. When you ask a compulsive reader to, a friend of mine, uh, Toby Kay up in the Bay Area, uh, up in Marin County, the North Bay, San Francisco Bay, she said she started abstinence with three whole chickens. That was the best she could do. You know, but she, it was a start. It was a line in the sand. Obviously, I want, if, you know, obviously if somebody's lost a hundred or something pounds, we have a hundred pound of meetings, you, you want to talk to somebody Who's lost a hundred some pounds? If you've got to lose over a hundred pounds, you know you need that contact, the feeling like this person knows. If if I get a chance to play Bill's tape for you tomorrow, you'll hear it. He's talking about Ebby. He says, "This guy lived in my strange world, and now he has been released, and that's why he could listen. He's not going to listen to some preacher talking God." This guy ate like I did, you know. He this guy weighed over a hundred pounds more. And this guy don't eat anymore. I can listen to him. I'm Edie. I lost 90 pounds and kept it off five years. I'll listen to you, Edie. You know, you had a question. Well, again, I had a comment. Yeah. Um, I thank you for for um, we're bringing up this this thing about uh, the food plan and things like that. And I think that don't you feel it's important that when you're a sponsor, you need to listen to what the person's trigger foods are and not try to tell them you know you can tell them your your right. experience drinking help but 
You have to listen to what it is that they're saying to you and not say, you need to go to this particular place and eat this particular way. I mean... All right, I will say this. I'm like that. Some people are a little bit more rigid as yeah. food sponsors. Yeah. I got a, I had a couple of sponsees that were drinking wine with their meals. They're not alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I'd be out of my mind to say, no, you can't do that. They're not alcoholic. Yeah. My brother, has been up. He's on his way up to 300 again. Mm -hmm. He can't. I come in one night after a meeting. It might even have been an OA meeting. I can't remember. It was an AA or no meeting. And he's, you know, he's fat and he's already eaten, you know, his pizzas or whatever. He's like, pizzas is a big thing. And he's got a bottle of Grant's crack, Grant's scotch. And he's, you know, smacking his lips and he's got the ice. He says, do you think I should have another one? That was a question I never had to ask myself. <laughs> he's not an alcoholic. He's a compulsive overeater. His food is his drug. I'm, I don't tell my sponsor to get the wine off your food because I'm an alcoholic. It is trial and error. Now, I got a sponsor uh, who just went to how to get their food plan again. Because he hit a plateau in OA, and he wasn't losing the weight, and it was messing with his head. So he went to how for the food plan. He's still working the steps with me, though. We're doing the big book. You see? I don't care what kind of food sponsor. It's trial and error with your food sponsor. Now, if you're going to be rigid, and that's all they had when I came in, was one size fits all, and they were very rigid, it didn't work for me. And then OA went the other direction. They went out of the food plan business for a while. And then how it was created, it was a schism. They just said, no, you're crazy. We can't give up food plan. That's why they broke off from OA at that point. Now OA kind of went back to the middle of the road. You know, they brought back the Dignity of Choice pamphlet. I believe that we all have different trigger foods, we all have different binge foods, we all have red light foods. Or Oatmeal is kind of a comfort food for me. I like it, but I noticed that, you know, when I'm, I'm feeling kind of low or miserable or, you know, a little scared about that, I like to you know, have a little more oatmeal. So oatmeal is one of those orange light foods. You gotta, I gotta keep my eye on oatmeal, you know. But, uh, um, I just, I've identified my trigger foods, and I, I will work with a sponsee. I'll ask him to let me know what he's eating. If you want to bring any kind of nutritionist or doctor into the equation, I'm glad to work with them, too. My sole desire is to be helpful. It's in the book. Yes? Oh. I have a hard time right now. I'm not asking. That's all right. But every food is my trigger food. Okay. So how do you identify which particular one? Well, uh, you may be, well, I was that kind of a drunk. I mean, I never really, I could drink top shelf stuff, but I'll drink $1.19 pink, white, gallop port. You know, I was kind of a, that's kind of an alcoholic I am. So I identify, if you're just, and I was a quantity eater too, I will overeat. You know, I mean, when I would go buy a steak, I'd, you know, if there was a bone in it, I would buy a pound and a half T-bone steak to adjust for the bone, you know. I want my. I mean, I need a pound, a pound of steak. You know, I need a half a pound of bacon, four to five eggs, you know, two pieces of toast with butter, half a watermelon for dessert because I'm on a diet. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a huge eater. Uh, I have, but I, look, you're asking me about if all foods are triggering you. I had to get to that point. 
where I'm just in the now. I'm just getting through breakfast abstinent. Whatever you consider a line in the sand, you know, if 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 you you know like if you're telling me you're a bread eater and I got a sponsor he's calling in his food and he's got bagels for breakfast and I'm saying well you're a bread binger why don't you eat like egg substitutes for breakfast you know or maybe some Melba toast or whole wheat one piece of whole wheat toast or something I mean I'm trying as a sponsor to identify his his real trigger foods and get him into a, just some sanity start where start where you can. Start with three whole chickens if you have to. I, I don't think you're going to lose that much weight on three whole chickens. But Toby Clay, Toby K is a normal sized person today, or at least he was last time I saw her. Did you have a question, young lady? Yeah. Um, with me, whenever, whenever I kind of hold on to like a strict abstinence or just abstinence in general, I'll start to. Um, like all my old feelings or ways of asking my insecurities and stuff starts to really come up. Welcome to detox. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do with that? Does it does, does it like does it, does it like come out and just like you just kind of? Well, there's that? a line in the book that if we straighten out spiritually, mentally, and physically, we'll follow. That is called withdrawal. What you're in is withdrawal. When you put down the. Food, you'll find out why you're eating. Every resentment, my father did this to me, old memories, insecurities, what am I going to do in my life, financial fears. You put down the food and everything you're eating over is coming to the surface. They call that withdrawal. Welcome to the real world. What you do in 12-step programs is you take it to a meeting and dump it, make the phone, do the tools. The sooner you can get into this contact with this power to restore you to sanity, the better. Because if you get into a spiritual way of life, all that emotional shit tends to straighten out. And meanwhile, the physical obsession they overeat will leave you too. I mean, I don't. If you're, are you hanging in there on an abstinent food plan now, at least? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, you even come see. Well, I mean, I got. Like I said, I got nothing new in this game. I'm a, I'm a nine tools, twelve step guy, and I work the steps right out of the book. Just change food, you know, get rid of alcohol, put in food. This is the original program. It's about getting a, a higher power in your life that our more religious members call God or less religious members call an unsuspected inner resource, this altruistic movement, the power that brings compulsive overeaters back from death. That's a quote from the doctor's opinion. Yes? But don't you need a healthy plan that you can live with and do business with? Yes. If yes. If you're like for me, I'm I I used to weigh two hundred and ninety pounds and I have right. an anorexic and I'm bulimic. Right. So if I mean I can get to obsessive to the point where I'm counting every single little morsel of food. I mean, I just you know, you don't you need a plan that you can live with and gives you sanity and removes those damn obstacles yes. so that you yeah. are connected to your higher power. All right, yes, yes. The answer is yes. And it's more complicated in our program than in the yeah. beverage program, which yeah. I don't say at A meetings because they the natives get restless. Our program is tougher on the physical level with this food business. Yeah. I mean, i got to eat three times a day, and it's trial and error, and rice doesn't work. No, rice can work now. And yes, do you have a food sponsor? Yeah, I yeah, I have I have, have you worked out a food plan with your food sponsor? Yeah. I mean I'm abstinent. Are you comfortable with your food plan? Yeah, my my abstinence, my food plan protects me from that insanity. 
Like, it's a protection for me. Well, okay. But I, you can give it whatever power you want. I believe that it's not about the food except when it's about the food. It's not about the food to me. It's about being connected to my higher power. Well, then, but I don't understand. I thought your question was... But it's, 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 it's hard because in program, there, what frustrates me is that some people, you know, we all have our own philosophies, but right. some people want to tell others how they're supposed to eat or how they're, they're not, they're, they're not, uh... My they're question is this, so what? Stay away from him. What do you, there's some people. No, I know. Some people they look at the like, G word in here and said, "I can't read this book. It's got the G word in it." Go ahead. No, I'm just saying you don't have to give him any power. Yeah, exactly. You can, nobody can tell you what to do in here. I can only tell you my experience. If you ask me, I'll make a suggestion. Uh, that that lady, uh, yes. It's funny. It took me a few minutes to kind of think get what you were saying. I didn't. Still, I'm not uh, sure I did, but, but I it was, you know. What I interpreted, I think actually my experience has been kind of the opposite in this program. Um, I'm only, I've only been in for three months, so I'm mm -hmm. very new. Right. But I've struggled with trying to define abstinence because nobody wants to define it for me. And that's fine. And I'm starting to get why that's important. I'm really starting to get why that's important, and I'm glad nobody's defining it for me. But in the beginning, it's very confusing. A lot of people have to go to a lot of people have to go to a structured environment. My sponsor, sponsor, by the way, is having a great time in how he still works the steps with me. That food plan has gotten some weight off him. He's reached his lowest point in OA so far. Now I came off of surgery. I'm on my bike maybe a week now. I don't panic when I go up on my food. I've been in maintenance a long time. I weigh in once a month. I don't panic. The obsession's removed. I'm still in contact with my food sponsor. I did call her. Zan, I said, my weight's up. I, I'm back to actually. We'll see what happens after the next two months. If I have to, I will go to Howe and get a losing food plan and get some weight off me. It's no big deal. The food's not the higher power anymore. Okay. You know, food plan, yes. Um, something that helped me, what's your name over there in the purple shirt? Oh, Kathy. Oh, Kathy, something that helped me. Um, and really, thank you for the, the L.A. speaker files. Uh, I've listened to so many of those speakers. And it says if you, if, you have, if, if you want what we have, you're willing to put any links. So I would seek out speakers and like a stalker. You know? So I went to, uh, a few years ago when I started OA, I called Santa Fe in the Valley where Sherry is next door. To oh, Sherry's great. She is great. She's a buddy of so mine. I, I found her and I found some... Santa Fe and Maxine works at the office. Maxine, actually, Sherry's sponsor, and she's had like 40 zillion, you know, really huge abstinence. And I called her and I said, in my area, I need to find, I wanted somebody that lost 100 pounds and had kept it off for five years. I didn't know anybody like that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Edie. So um, she's Jill, actually, no girl that I sponsor. And she, I happened to listen to her on the speaker. She had an English accent named Susan, and I just listened to her. I called her up, and she said, if you want what I have, this is what you need to do. And at that time, I was willing to say, and she told me what to eat. <laughs> but that was okay, because I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, and you try what, and I wanted, I knew I didn't want what I had. That's it. And, and then now, even now, I'm listening to 90-day phone calls. I OA listen to phone calls <coughs> called 90-day, and I have a new sponsor in Oregon, 
for the same reason, because I'm not happy where I'm at. Yeah. I want something different. And you know what? It's not a marriage. It doesn't work. We'll break up. And it's okay. But you know what? I, I like what she has to offer me. And so I'm taking direction, going, really, this is the food plan, huh? <clears throat> Nothing in between. Oh, I don't really like it. Don't agree with it. But you know what? I'm not really. Ha I'm not happy with what I have. So I'm willing to, you know, go to any lengths. Mm, not really, but I'm praying. I'm praying for willingness to do it. So sometimes it's seeking out somebody and listening to those speaker files. Excellent. Getting on those 90 day, getting on some phone conferences, and then allowing yourself to, you know, um, listen to a sponsor and say, okay, what, what what's working for you? Because I want what you have. And yeah, by the way, if anybody asks a question that I have not adequately answered and you feel you have a suggestion or possibly a solution that might help them, you chime in. Yes. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. So, willingness, honesty, openness. These are indispensable. But with this simple attitude, you cannot fail. Yes. My name is Trisha. I'm from Pasadena. I don't, I just hear a lot of confusion. And in my mind, I'm not sure why there's the confusion. Yeah. You mentioned the Brown Book, and you mentioned the stories in the Brown Book, and those are stories for compulsive overeaters to relate to. Right. And in the Brown Book, there's a definition for abstinence. It's refraining from compulsive overeating, and, and it says something about individual binge, binge foods. Abstinence to me, that's what I was taught was abstinence, and my food plan is something different. My food plan will change as I age. It'll change if I um, go through health issues, right, that I have to eat certain things or can't eat other things. That's what I need to develop with myself, with my God, and with my sponsor. And it has changed. And I agree with Steve that as I, I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to get into the big book as, as it's described line by line. And I am blown away with what I'm having to look at in terms of where am I being, where am I in denial? Where am I not being honest with what my food looks like? And you know, it just, more will, more will be revealed. And, and it's true about, you know, at some point when you come in and you don't know anything, one of the other things that helped me immensely was the idea that the, the alcoholic, his bottom line is just doesn't drink no matter what. That's his food plan. And the person that told me one thing that really helped me was, so what's your bottom line? And at the time, I was eating all day long. It was about volume and frequency. All day long, everything, no matter what. So then it was three meals a day, nothing in between. And the thought of that freaked me out. I thought, this is impossible. You can't tell me that people can do that. Right. And, and 
I did what I was told, and it worked. And so I guess I, I guess I, sometimes I just get frustrated for other people because I hear the confusion, and I and I and I don't know why. And I well, <laughs> it's this is why our program is so difficult because if you got somebody in the back of the room who says, "Well, I, I drank today, but I'm glad I'm here." We're going to pat her, and we're going to be nice to her, but we're basically going to just say, you sit in the corner and be quiet. You know? But, no, I'm not saying this about you, because we're dealing, because this woman has to eat three times a day, and i got to eat three times a day. And, you know, abstinence is a personal issue. The food plan, as you said, is a personal issue. And all I'm suggesting is, I use the eight tools. I got a food sponsor. Food food sponsor. I email her my food every day. Uh, if like if I'm hitting this plateau with my age and my exercise level, where my maintenance range has gone up, if I have to, I'll go to Hal and use their food plan for a while. I don't give a shit. To me, it's just a tool. If I'm released, relieved of the obsession, okay. That's if I straighten out spiritually, I'll straighten out mentally and physically. The, the, the talk is coming down to the food. We're in OA, we're not in a beverage program. That's totally okay with me. But what I can tell you guys is you will work it out with your food sponsors and on your own, and through trial and error, and maybe some setbacks and relapses. And what she said about okay, she's I thought at one point. When I gave, got back to Miami, and I'm on the uh, Dignity of Choice Youth Plan, six ounces of roast beef was not on my head. I'm going to the deli counter to get my six ounces of roast, roast beef. That's not enough. My head will oh, the head the disease centers in the mind. It says it's not enough. I eat the six ounces of roast beef. I eat the coleslaw, whatever the hell it is, the apple. It's always enough. So my head is lying to me, and we got to work this out trial and error. I'll be glad to talk about food if you want, but what I thought I could bring to the retreat is what I need for the long haul. Because yeah. you will find your food plan. Yeah. You will find your, your line in the sand, your bottom line. It may start with three chickens and evolve. It probably will. It may start with three meals a day. It may start by keeping ice cream on your food plan because you think you can't live without it until one day you get willing to not eat it and you find out you don't need it. You'll start it, and you'll evolve it, and you'll work it out with your food sponsor. But that's your food plan and your abstinence, and that's a tool. But if you want to keep it for 33 years, that's what I'm here to bring you. But I will talk about food. Did you have a question? Yes. I'm Ryan Kupolster, and food And I have been having smaller spiritual weight this past year. And I've been having a fear that if I get to finally step 12, yeah. I'm going to be tapped out of this spiritual awakenings. And I, when I have these spiritual awakenings, because I have seen my own higher power. All right. And I, I quite have rarely have been high as a height when I do my meditations. Right. When, you know, and it's just like, will it ever like run out of me? Though is the main question. How long have you been absent? I've been absent for about two years now. And you've worked through all the steps? This is my first time working through the steps. The first year I was just trying to learn how to love myself. Second year I'm working on the steps. Okay. 
Your answer is if you get to if you do all this basic program, your question is will and you get to step twelve, will you lose this meditation high type of thing? Is that your question or will I begin to like in a way, yes. It's, it's well, I, I don't know what this thing is you got. It may be a, a genuine contact with a higher power. I don't, I don't make belittle anybody's spiritual experience. I had a first sponsor who belittled mine in AA, you know. And that's why I'm a book guy today. He had 17 years of sobriety. And I was a newcomer. And he used to say, well, Bill only had four and a half years he wrote the book. I know more than him now. Well, I'm 33 years sober. And to me, if it ain't in the big book, it's somebody's opinion. Okay? If you really work through all the steps that's in the book, you will be taken to whatever level you're taken. And I don't, I don't scoff at anybody's spiritual experience. You may have made a contact with a God. It may be a form of pink cloud, or it may be a genuine spiritual experience. And I don't belittle it or, or even doubt it. If you say you got it, you got it. But I don't see any reason why you shouldn't deepen the power by getting, going through the process. Doesn't mean that if you work the steps, bad shit won't happen. You, the girlfriend will leave. You can car accident. Your health can go bad. You lose the job. This, that, and the other thing. You know, I'm not promising you cash and prizes. I'm, I'm just saying that there are promises. They call the nine step promises in the book. There's nothing materialistic about any of them. These are promises that we we say this will come true for you if you're willing to work for them. So I doubt if anything bad will happen to you going through the step process. That's if I'm answering